You're listening to The Beauty Debut. I'm your host, Claudia Fabian. As someone who has spent over 25 years in the beauty industry as an esthetician, makeup artist, and in professional sales, I want to share what I've learned. Allow me to be your beauty avatar and give you a behind-the-scenes look at what it's really like to work in the world of beauty. And follow me as I navigate how to age gracefully. And remember, it's never too late to make your debut. This podcast is about all things beauty inside and out. Tune in every week to hear my conversations with the amazing professionals who are working in all aspects of the beauty industry. Get the scoop on the latest trends and learn firsthand insider tips and tricks to help you look and feel your very best. I'm so happy to have you here. The Beauty Debut starts now. Jody, I want to thank you so much for being on the Beauty Debut today, and I'm so excited to have this conversation with you because I've admired you from afar, and although we've only met once, I was so intrigued with your business, and I can't wait for you to share with everybody what you do about your business, and you know, let's spill some tea. Let's talk about this industry. Awesome. Thanks, Claudia. It's great. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. So Jody, tell me, and everybody else that might be listening, how you got started in the beauty industry. Um, So it goes back to when I was just a little boy of, I think in third grade, they asked us to draw a picture of what we wanted to be when we grew up. And I remember going to the teacher and asking her if um, uh, doing somebody's hair was a job that little boys do. And I started, my my whole fascination with beauty was actually hair. I got into... um, uh, doing hair for theater companies right out of high school, just volunteering. And uh, because I thought I wanted to be, you know, a musical theater actor, that's a whole other story. Um, and uh, That's and another podcast, yeah. That's a whole other podcast. Um, the tap dancing hairdresser um, esthetician. But um, yeah, so I, you know, I was stuck in the hair department. They said, they recommended that, you know, one of the, the, the supervisors said, you know, you're really good at this. You should actually think about going and getting your cosmetology license. And then, you know, you could make a career working in the theater um, industry. So I actually did that. I um, put myself through, I was 20 years old. I put myself through cosmetology school. And the funny thing is, is that during cosmetology school, as we all know, is kind of usually the most, you know, the worst. <laughs> It's, it's hell on um, earth. Let's just be honest. It really is. Beauty school is hell. Okay. <laughs> I always tell uh, people when they ask me, you know, uh, if they're thinking about becoming an esthetician or a hairdresser, and they ask me, what school should I go to? And I go, the one that works for your schedule and the one that's cheapest. I mean, yes. if you can get a good school, great, but just get through school because you're going to learn mainly everything. The school will help you pass the state boards. It's not going to do anything else in terms of technique. Right. Um, so when I was in cosmetology school, I remember just absolutely hating. And in California, that's where I was first licensed. Cosmetology at that time, I'm not sure what it is now, but at that time, it was hair, skin, and nails. So it was one license, ruled them all. And um, I remember hating the uh, manicures, pedicures, and just the regular spa-type facials. Oh, I bet. Um, I bet pedicures would have been nasty. Like, I don't – I mean, I love no. all – I don't get me wrong. I love nail techs to death, but I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. There's a special place in heaven for nail tech because <laughs> I don't want to touch my own feet. So I don't even know. Um, 
but yeah, I became a, I got licensed, and I uh, my dream was to become a hair colorist. That's mm-hmm. what my jam was. And I my the first three years of of my life were um, doing hair, and I I fell into skincare. It was um, a total fluke how that happened. So it was just a, a bizarre situation, but it worked out. Yeah. So how did you find yourself in aesthetics then? Because that really wasn't obviously your passion going into it, you know, you were doing hair. I'm sure you were enjoying that, being creative that way. So tell us how you became a esthetician. I was living in Los Angeles. I was working at a hair salon. And what happened is I had my adult clientele, but also I'm really, I guess I still am, was good with kids. So the, the adults started bringing their kids. And what started happening is they started telling each other. And I found myself all of a sudden being a child specialist hair hairstylist, which is not what I wanted at all, to just be, you know, cutting a lot of kids' hair. Yeah. Um, so after two years of that, I was, like, burnt out, and yeah. I um, found myself at a cocktail party in West Hollywood, California. Go I, figure. Um, like, yeah, how does that Go happen? figure, right? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and met this man who worked the front desk at this place called The Face Place, and The Face Place uh, was founded in 1972 um, by Ernie Benson. He was a man who, I believe he worked for Revlon in New York City, and then he moved to Los Angeles. And he found this facial that was invented in 1937, and he built his business on the um, on this facial. And he started the face place in 72. So when some of his clients um, basically at that time were just like all the celebrities that you could possibly think of. So mm-hmm. I met this man who worked the front desk. I told him what I did and then I was kind of burnt out and I was looking for something else. And he said, well, we're always looking for um, people to train to, to do skincare. And I thought, oh, you know, this is just somebody I'm meeting at a party, um, you know, whatever. Yeah. And didn't really think about it until maybe six or eight weeks later, I thought, you know what, I'm just going to give it a shot. So I got the balls to give this guy a call and he scheduled me an interview with with the owner Ernie Benson so I got a couple of interviews for this internship it was I think I interned I want to say I worked for free full-time 40 hours a week for maybe two or three months with this man Mm -hmm. Um, and he just taught me he taught me the facial and I I just fell into it it was just serendipity and I, I worked at the face place for a couple of years he ended up selling the business and the face place is still there it's still there today they have one in new york they've got two in in london yeah so that's how i got into it what was this um what was his technique what was his facial like what was what made it so different or what was his his niche so the facial is it's still the facial that i uh do today and it's what i built dermis face on it's called the eye derm facial it was invented in 1937 in hollywood california and it was invented by a German chemist and scientist named Dr. Paul Memminger. And so he took galvanic technology, which had been around for a very long time, and he is one of the pioneers in the beauty industry that helped introduce it to the beauty industry to help introduce water-soluble solutions into soft tissue. Hmm. Um, and so he created this facial, and it utilizes a special cocktail of vitamins and minerals. Um, so in a nutshell, all the pores are cleaned out by hand, and then the skin is wrapped in a special solution and then ionized into the skin using the galvanic current. And I've been doing it since, uh, what, 1996, 1997. So I, I very think, unique. Yeah, I've seen like housewives, the real housewives getting that done. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I always say it's like going to the gym for your skin. So, uh, you know, I have clients, unlike spa facials where people maybe go every six weeks or so, I have clients who come weekly. I have clients, most of them come about every two to four weeks. So it's a lot. I have clients who've been with me for, you know, 11 years and been coming every two weeks for 11 years. So this whole COVID-19 thing has thrown a wrench into that, which is, um, you know, a little scary. But it's it's a great facial. I've seen miracles with it. I've seen people with cystic grade, you know, uh, really horrible acne, um, almost have complete relief from, from that kind of a condition with this facial on, you know, coming regularly. So we've, and it's also, it helps with you know, giving that glow back to the skin, makes the skin, um, it helps brighten and lift discoloration out of the skin. So it's, it's been uh, a pretty amazing facial to work with for as long as I have. And how do people get trained or certified in this technique and how do they find out more about it? Or is it just really exclusive now to only certain places? Well, right now it's pretty exclusive to certain places. So unless uh, somebody has been trained with it and you can train underneath them, like the the ladies who work for me, um, it's uh, pretty hard. But I just heard that, interestingly enough, Dermaculture is the, the parent company of this facial. It's been around since 1937. And they've just partnered with the Face Place, which is the company that first hired me back in 96, 97. And they've actually bought uh, bought into the company and they're going to start, um, you know, redoing the machines and it, it kind of, re, you know, it, um, put it back out there for more people to grow it uh, and mm. to, a, a, you know, to spread the, the news of this wonderful facial. So that's exciting. Yeah, because I think what's kind of trending right now in skincare is a lot of that gua sha, microcurrent, and, yeah. you know, moving those fluids, um, you know, doing lymphatic. And it sounds like this technique is all of that. It's all of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. all of it. And then, of course, as you know, you know, we met um, when you were working for Osmosis. So I now have incorporated the Revita pen into it, which has now become my, my number one treatment, doing the Revita pen first. And that on top of it, I mean, we did over, our, I think, over $130,000 worth of services last year with That's just that great. one treatment. So That's great. That's yeah, and Osmosis can um, pay me royalties later for this plug. Yeah. So that's good. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> me, and, me and Virginia, because I know Virginia yes. is the one who first connected us, and she's amazing. I love her, and I, it's so funny because, you know, she, she worked with Marianne, or Osmosis worked with Marianne, who does this facial down in, in uh, Southern California, Yeah. Uh, the same facial I do. And so for years, you know, there was like, a lot, I had a lot of contact with, with that company and, and wanting uh, to kind of pull me over. I'm finally glad I, I did. Um, good. Good. Yeah. yeah there's, a, there's some good things in that, in that brand for sure. So in your early years, you know, as, as a male esthetician, like, I know it's predominantly a female industry in a sense. Um, did you ever feel any discrimination? Were clients like ever weird? It's like, oh, it's a man that's going to be working on me. Or did you not experience any of that? No, I have. Sometimes more jarring than others. I think that when I was really young and I first started in the business, you know, I was just kind of a young Twinkie gay and I used to <laughs> paint my eyebrows on and, and <laughs> I was super, super effeminate and super flaming. And I think that people were a little like, now in hindsight, I'm like, oh yeah, I, I I cringe at how much Studio Fix Mac uh, powder I used to wear on my face. Um, <laughs> uh, We've all but, made you know, some some errors like that. Don't feel bad. 
Right. I mean, the 90s were rough on a lot of people. Let's just face it. Yeah, it was the powdered down skin. It was the brown lips. I mean, it was ugly. (laughs) It really was. And and thank God there were not any cell phones with cameras on them back then. Yes. You know, I only have a handful of photos, which is very helpful. But, um, (laughs) you know, for the most part, I didn't really have a bunch of discrimination back then. But as I've, you know, gotten older and you know, and we can talk about this in a minute, but when I moved to Seattle, I had to get relicensed in this state. And so I had to put myself through beauty school a second time. And uh. by that point, I, I had a lot of tattoos. As you know, I'm pretty heavily tattooed and, you know, I'm colorful, quote unquote. Um, and I actually had a woman who, you know, and even though I'd already, already had many, many years uh, of experience, when I went to do her facial as a student for the school, as we do, um, she kind of stopped and and sneered at me and spoke to somebody else at the front desk as if I wasn't there and um, said, I don't want that to touch me. Um, And that was really interesting. I kept a smile and kept very calm and was very professional, but you know, that was definitely, but you know, to the school's credit, they kicked her out and she could never come back and get a service again. So that was helpful, but it's kind of um, hard to be a bitch and snobby when you're going to a school to get your facial. Let's just start there. Right. <laughs> I'm like, okay, girl, take your $25. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, exactly. Take your dollar tip and call it a day. Yeah. Um, so, you know, but all in all, pretty good. I Even having my own business and even now, you know, I've, I've had a Dermaspace for 11 years. I, I wear the same thing every day, a shirt with the Dermaspace logo on it or like a polo shirt. Like I kind of feel like I wear kind of like a uniform almost so that when I do meet new clients, they aren't put off, you know, like I'm not like freaking them out too much with Mm -hmm. what they're looking at. And um, I always stay professional. I figure if you, if you stay professional, you'll be fine. Absolutely. And times are changing. I think, you know, back maybe in the early or the late 80s, even early 90s, tattoos were still not as prevalent as they are now. So now it's like not a big deal anymore. But I think, you know, back then it might have been kind of shocking to people because they're not used to seeing that in the professional world. Now it's like everybody has them. Yeah, I remember a couple of years ago, I was getting a, a new tattoo. I wanted a new tattoo on my neck. And and uh, my friend Hannah, who's also an esthetician, and she's been around, you know, been in the business a long time. She works in San Francisco. And I was like, girl, you know, I just don't know, you know, what, what do you think my clients are going to think? And she just said, girl, the jig is up. Like, you're <laughs> fully tattooed and nobody's going to notice. Calm down. And she's right. Nobody even noticed. Yeah. Right. Um, so, you know, thankfully, I haven't run into too much. You know, co- going from L.A. to Seattle, it wasn't like I was in some small town or or anything like that. So that was very helpful. Now in this industry, you know, I know there is a lot of amazing people. There's a lot of, you have, I think the majority of all of our experiences are positive, but there is always, you run into a little bit of pushback or jealousy or a little cattiness. Has that ever been your experience at all? I mean, I wonder, is that just, you know, on the female side or does that happen on to all people in the industry? You know, I think it's all people. I remember, you know, even when I first started Dermaspace and it was literally just me uh, in a little office, little treatment room. And I, and this was 2009, nobody had heard of this facial before. So it was completely unknown. And I, that's when those whole, the, the whole Groupon thing started becoming a real, like a thing. And there was like tons of them. So I did that. And I knew if people could have this facial four times back to back that they would get hooked, right? So 
I started, you know, doing $50 facials and, and hustling. And I got really popular pretty quick. And I got voted like best facial in Seattle, I think in 2011, right? So mm-hmm. I remember when that happened, some of the there was a local place that was kind of big. He sent one of his estheticians in to get the facial to kind of see what, what was up. Mm-hmm. And she was really cool about it. She's like, yeah, my boss sent me in here because he wants to check you out. He's really pissed that some some guy who's just by himself, you know, won that thing. He tried so hard to win it. So things like that, you know, I've, I've run into. Um, but all in all, I think that people are pretty supportive in our business. And, and they want, you know, there's that saying, uh, a rising tide lifts all ships, right? Right. So, you know, thankfully, I've been pretty lucky. You know, we're the only place in Washington State that even does the facial that I do. So mm-hmm. that's, that's been pretty cool. I but love how all, she came in and was like, she told on her boss right away. <laughs> right, right away. She, right away. She's like, oh, by the way. Uh, like zero loyalty to her boss. <laughs> right. She's like, are you hiring? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Exactly. That is hilarious. I love that. And so you've already kind of told um, me a little bit about your signature facial, but, you know, I know that maybe it probably, does it ever change? Like, have you updated it? Or, you know, maybe you can like walk me through what somebody can expect if they come in to get, I, I cannot wait to get this facial. I'm going to make a special oh, trip to, to Seattle yes. just to come get this treatment. Um, and I want to video it. I want to do it all. So Tell me a little bit about like the steps and, and I know there's a, you know, great before and afters. Yeah. You know, we, so the way the treatment was originally taught is it was pretty straightforward. You know, it was, uh, you know, cleanse the skin, a little bit of mild exfoliation and then just, you know, extractions and then the what I call the wrap and zap, which is, you know, the secrets in the sauce. So I've, changed it over the years i've added different things that people can get beforehand so either uh, diamond microdermabrasion or like a mild glycolic um, or the revita pen and then what we do is we wrap the skin in pieces of uh, cotton that have been soaking in a yucca solution so it's um, 99 yucca pure yucca uh, with stabilizers and so we soak that fabric in the uh, the cotton in the yucca and we mold that to the face and neck and then we put the skin underneath an infrared heat dome for about um, 15 minutes or so. Mm. So we don't use steam. We use like a dry heat. Um, And I usually tell people, that's where I always ask people if they're claustrophobic um, and I work around that. And so they're underneath that for about 15 minutes. I call it forced meditation. Mm -hmm. Um, And what that does is it lets the yucca kind of get inside those pores and really lubricate the pores so that when we come back in there, um, and we put on our gloves and, and we start rolling. We kind of use a special technique that I teach people. And we roll the skin and it pops everything out of the pores. And we do the entire face. We don't just do, you know, a couple pores on the nose and two on the forehead, right? We are thorough. We lift the rug, so to speak, and mm-hmm. clean uh, everything. And then once we um, are done with that, uh, that's when we will, you know, mold that. Um, it's like we do a cotton mold to the entire face and neck. Uh, with uh, a vitamin and mineral solution, but the primary ingredients are vitamin C, uh, zinc sulfate, and Epsom salts. So you have to have salt in order to ionize anything uh, into the tissue. Hmm. And okay. yeah, and so that's on there for 20 minutes, and it it doesn't hurt. It just you do feel it. It tingles a little bit. You feel a pulsing sensation in the skin, um, 
And after that, you know, we use various different, depending on the skin type, different serums, and we finish up with a light toner, moisturizer, and a sunscreen. Um, skin's a little pink when people are done. It depends on the skin, but it's a little pink. Feels um, uh, a little like like the air is hitting the skin for the first time. It's very clean, very fresh. Um, yeah, and people get pretty hooked to it, um, which is nice. I it need sounds, one. It's it sounds been a while. very old. It sounds very Joan Crawford or something. It's very uh, like that movie, The Women. Yes, um, <laughs> yes. That's know, what I'm, yeah. I'm picturing as you're like the molding of the of the like fabric on the face and like, oh, I can't wait to get it that. Is. That sounds it's very, amazing. And that's what I tell people. It's very much an old Hollywood treatment, but it just still works. And it, I've had great results with it. Yeah, no, I've seen, you know, I remember meeting you and talking about it and I was just like wishing that we could stay so I could just get a treatment because it just sounded so amazing. And I love that it's so unique. Not everyone and their mama is doing it. So I think that's great. Right. <laughs> I used to have a saying with people when they were like, when I've tried to explain it to people, I'm like, well, it's just not your mama's facial. It might be your great grandma's facial, but it's not your mama's facial. I love so. it. I love it. That's good marketing. I think that's cute. So yeah, that's good. Oh, go, no, ahead. go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, uh, you know, that is interesting that you said that because marketing is all, it's all about marketing. It's all about uh, finding your niche and figuring out a way to present it to, to people where they, they get it and they want it. And especially mm -hmm. when you're doing, if you've seen the pictures of this facial, it's scary looking. I mean, it's, it's kind of, you know, science fiction, American Horror Story season two kind of material. So I always say, like, and when I train people on how to do it, I'm like, you have to present this facial with a sense of humor. Mm -hmm. You have to make the client laugh. And because it will diffuse any tension that they have, and they'll be fine with it. Once they get the results, they'll be like, okay, I'll do whatever, whatever it takes. So. Yeah, I know you have a team that you train, you know, you, you take your time to train them before they work on, you know, um, your clients in your, uh, in your practice. H how do you pick, you know, the right people to mentor and to bring onto your team? That's such a, a delicate choice. Yeah, that's a good question. I've trained, how many people have I trained now? I've trained, I think, I've been lucky. I've trained four people. So I've been in business for, this is my 11th year. Shantae has been with me the longest. So she's been with me for six years. Um, I got her straight from beauty school. She was working somewhere else though uh, at the time. I can't re recall the place, but so I got her, you know, pretty fresh from school. Um, and I think what I, I usually go with my gut and if somebody has kind of a nurturing energy about them, I think that I believe that they will be a good esthetician because okay. technically I can teach them things, but I can't teach somebody um, compassion. I can't teach somebody empathy. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that when you're dealing with and especially with this facial, because we have a lot of people with problem skin that are coming to us. Okay. And these are young women who are in their twenties. Um, even some of them are in their thirties or late teens and they're struggling with acne and their self-esteem has just been obliterated and, and we're there to help them and be with them. And, you know, I always tell clients when I'm working on them, I'm like, I'm, and I'll just tell them flat out, I'm not just your esthetician for the hour that you're in this room. You got a question, email me, you know, I'm here for you. Cause it takes a village, right? You know, it's mm -hmm. like, so I'm, I'm on their team. And so I, when I um, hire people, I try to go with that. Like, you know, if they have compassion, now, I've made, 
some mistakes. <laughs> like I had to terminate an employee recently, which was horrible. But all in all, I think that's what I kind of go for is just stuff, you know, and also people who have kind of an artistic nature about them. Because mm-hmm. I think skincare and beauty and makeup and everything, it's all about art. It is. Um, or aesthetics, right? So mm-hmm. if, you know, I'm, if you're just a, a bull in a china shop, it's probably not going to be a good fit. Right. Right. And do they have to audition to like even get considered or, you know, is it more just an interview and. Yeah. I mean, usually a couple of interviews, I I'll either do a phone interview first or I usually do two interviews and then I have them come in and get the facial. Okay. So that's part, part of the interview. Cause I mm-hmm. want them to understand kind of what this is all about. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that also allows me to kind of, you know, vibe on their energy a bit. Now, Shantae, you know, she was pretty, I mean, for the minute I met her, I just fell in love with her and I just knew like, okay, she's going to be great. Um, I had a, a girl named Holly that worked for me. She was great, but she, you know, she has a family. And so she moved on. Um, and then Cora, my other esthetician, she actually started as the front desk girl. And then she just really kind of fell in love with what she was seeing around her and decided to put herself through beauty school. Um, and then I just, of course, trained her right, right from beauty school. Amazing. That's great for her. And I know you mentioned that you started in your own studio on your own. You, you got, you know, best facial of Seattle. You know, you were kind of catapulting yourself to the next level. When did you know it was time to add team members? Did that happen pretty quickly or were you on your own for a few years? Um, that's a good question. I, I, it's interesting. I never thought I would get as big as I did. I, when I found an old piece of paper of mine once when I was, starting Dermaspace in 2000 and, um, 2009, and it basically was like, I, if I could just do five people a day, five days a week, you know, I will make this much X amount of money, and I'll be happy, or whatever, and I soon, like, got past that, those numbers that were written on a piece of paper, and I just kept, just, it just seemed in, um, uh, intuitive to just keep growing, and mm-hmm. The, the facial got more and more popular. I start, was doing, at my max, I was doing 14 people a day. Oh, <laughs> so, my. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was booking every 45 minutes, and I was doing, like, 12 to 14 people a day. Now, that only happened for a small period of time, and then I was like, okay, I'm going to die if I keep doing this. Right. Um, so, that's when I kind of knew. I think by year four, I was pretty steady at doing, like, seven, eight people a day, and then... I got interviewed for a local uh, new, like a television news show called Evening Magazine, and and that video clip is on the front page of my website. So once that happened, I I had like 75 bookings within a 48-hour period. It was wow. insane. Wow. Um, and that's when I knew I had to hire other people, and and then about. I mean, I want to say maybe within a year or so. That's when I relocated from my tiny little office on Upper Queen Anne Hill in Seattle down to downtown Seattle. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. That's exciting. And what would people be most surprised about, do you think, about what it takes to run, you know, a business like you have? I mean, people, you know, from the outside, when you walk in, it's all seamless. It's, you know, beautiful. But what does it, what do you think they might be surprised by? Like, what does it take? <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's, it has been like, sometimes the hardest lesson of my career. I mean, I'm humbled by it. And I think what trips me out is when certain clients kind of just think they just, they do the math in their head. Like, 
$130 facial times X amount of clients times, you know, we're in a, we were at one point open seven days a week, then we switched to six days a week. But so they do the math and they think, Oh God, you must be rich. And I, that's the part that trips me out when I'm like, well, do you know how much laundry costs? Mm-hmm. Do you know how much overhead is? Mm-hmm. Do you know how much my taxes are? Right. It's like nobody's getting nobody's getting rich in skincare. Like yeah. they're they're paying the bills, but it's still it's, you're doing it because you love the work. You're mm-hmm. not doing it because you're like, oh look, I'm buying a Porsche or whatever. <laughs> and if you are, it's probably a lease. <laughs> <laughs> Right. So, yes. you know, and it's, it, I'm not saying it's not bad. It's not bad money. I mean, it can be very good money, but it's not, it, it, it is, when you're running a business, it's a lot. It's, it's a lot of, um, you know, not only am I dealing with my clients, but I'm, I have to manage employees. I've got to make sure that everyone's got their supplies and the X, X, Y, Z. So I think that that is like the, the thing that people just don't understand. And I, I used to get that when I did hair too. My, boyfriends at the time would be like well what's the big deal you just to cut hair all day today and I'm thinking oh my god I did like seven haircuts and I'm like covered in hair and it's yeah. not easy work it's it's hard on the body I'm having shoulder surgery because of this this line of work yeah and you know, your estheticians are also counselors they're mothers I mean amen. You're, you're very giving it's a, it's not just the actual service it's people really rely on you for a lot of things <laughs> yeah they do and that's so true and I mean and especially when you are with, so even when you're doing hair, that's true. But when you're with somebody in the room for an hour, hour yeah. and a half, mm-hmm. you get, you really get to know your clients and you yes. really, it, it can be a lot. And then you also know when people are lying to you and they're like, of course I'm using all the products you told me to use. And you're like, uh, no, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> um, I used to love asking people, like, well, tell me what you're using. And they couldn't name it. Right. And then, and then I would get down to it and it was like a free gift from Clinique, you know, like they really weren't using anything. Oh yeah. I had one girl once who told me what she was using. She's like, oh, I'm just using this one exfoliator. And then after digging, cause you know how it is, you got to dig, dig, yeah. dig. And finally I found out that she was using like all this different shit from like Sephora. And I remember writing a blog post about it at the time. And I, and I called it something like, um, there is no skincare line called samples. And <laughs> I love it. Okay. I love it. That's a great title for that. I love that. I love it. I love it. What about clients? Like, have you ever had to like fire a client to say, you know, please don't come back or you don't want to work with that person anymore? Um, We we all have that one person that comes in that it's just like you dread seeing them on your list. You're like, oh, this person's coming in today. Okay. Like you have to mentally like prepare yourself. 100%. I mean, I think that is just nature of the business. And one time I had a fire client and she wasn't even my client and she hadn't even started her facial yet, but she was booked with Shantae and she came in hot, hot like a rocket. And she was pissed. She was pissed at the world. She was pissed at the traffic. She was pissed at everyone and everything. And I was with my client and Shantae came in, knocked on the door and she's like, I, I think I need you. You know, I need some help here. And this client had come in cursing and pissed and, you know, just was mad at the universe. And I had to shut her down and just say, listen, you need to calm down or you need to reschedule or you need to go because you can't bring this energy in here right now. just <laughs> like this. Um, but with regular clients, you know, there are those ones that you're just, you just cringe and, 
most of the time I can deal with it. I, you know, it's, it's a business. I have to, you know, work it out. Yeah. Um, but you, you know, the clients that you have where you've done their face, let's say every four weeks or whatever for three years. And then every time they're like, what, what, what part is this? What is, what are you doing now? <laughs> uh, and, and I just, I just fuck with people. I hope I can curse on this podcast. Uh, oh, you, we curse here. Yes. <laughs> I just mess with them at this point, And I'm just like, I just go, no, I'm not telling you. <laughs> you know, <I'm> not, <laughs> That's $10 more, you know? Um, exactly. Yeah, I remember I had a client once who she was like claiming that she's hypersensitive and I had just, you know, taken some sponges just with plain water. And she was like super hyper, like reactive to everything. Like, overreacting like drama yeah and I just touched her face and she's like oh my god what is that I'm like water yeah yeah we've Calm had a few down. it's water like you're gonna be okay um I had a client who had pretty bad acne she she uh insisted on doing hot yoga every single day sometimes she would do it twice a day and I was trying to explain to her that that was just not gonna work for her mm-hmm. and that that was not probably not going to help her situation. And I kept saying, I think you need to seek medical help for your skin. Um, you know, the, she had caustic acne. It was doing serious skin damage. And I kept referring her, I saw her maybe three or four times. And I, I kept saying, you need to see a doctor. I don't think that we can help you. And I have no problem telling people that. Mm-hmm. This is beyond the scope of my practice. You right. need to go elsewhere. Right. And she was just adamant about how she doesn't believe in doctors and she doesn't believe in this and that. Um, and I asked her, well, what are you using on her face? And she then told me that she was making her own scrub with coffee grounds and coconut oil. Oh and my I God. almost died. And I just, and that's when I just told her, I said, listen, I don't, you know, I can't work on you anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, here's some referrals. Have a nice day. Um, yeah. For the most part, we're pretty lucky, but there are those trippy ones that come in and just think that they kind of know more than you or they've mm-hmm. read a lot of. I also wrote a, a blog post years ago that called, I called it, Don't Take Your Skincare Advice from Pinterest. Because <laughs> you have these, these people that come in and they just think because they read it on Pinterest that it must be right or. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's funny. It's, it's good. And it's always fun to talk with another esthetician about that because really nobody else can relate unless you've been doing it and you're in the treatment room and, you know, you come across all these types of personalities and it's, yeah, it is what it is, but you know, it's all the amazing clients that you, you gain through your career that make it so worth it that they become like family and they're just, you know, they're just amazing people. So that really always yeah. shines the, the weirdos. And I always, when I'm training people, I always say, listen, you're going to run into difficult people, but try to find the commonality that you can click with. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they might annoy you or whatever, but then try to find, you know, even with me, and I've been doing this a long time, I, if I meet somebody and, they, and they're rubbing me the wrong way from the minute that I walk in there, I just keep kind of chipping away at it and finding my angle. Because right. eventually, I feel like you can find that that energy level to connect with a person, mm-hmm. and then you can work with them on that on that level. The problem with our work is that uh, it depletes our adrenals; mm-hmm. it depletes us energetically, yeah. and then we go home and we've got nothing for our own personal life, and it kind of it can affect our personal life. That's I still work on that, 
but it, it is something that we all have to work on. Yeah. And I was going to ask you with owning a business and being so busy, you know, how do you balance work life? Like what are some tips that you have for that? Like, have you found anything that's, that's worked? <laughs> Rosé. No, um, <laughs> Next question. <laughs> Vodka LaCroix. No, um, yeah, I, that is a great question. And honestly, I actually need to work on that, that I've been, um, go, 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 go for, you know, the last 11 years. And it did, it has taken a toll. Like I mentioned, I have to have rotator cuff surgery because, you know, I just overworked my body. Um, and so now I'm kind of thinking, especially with everything going on with COVID-19, it's like, okay, well, how can I really start to tune in to my own self energetically? How can I, um, you know, uh, replenish myself? And, mm-hmm. and I, I think we all need to do that because I think when you work in this kind of business, it's a service industry and you're giving, 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 giving. So, yeah, um, yeah it's something I need to work on because I definitely have a hard time with it. No, and I like that you're, you know, being self-reflective because I know this has been a stressful time for everybody in our industry with not being able to work and, you know, not everybody maybe has a good savings that they can fall back on. And, you know, some people do, you know, work week to week, especially if they're an independent contractor. And And I understand that, but it's great that you've noticed or you've acknowledged that, you know, you weren't slowing down at all. And this kind of forced you to do it and be a little bit more reflective on, the next step and when you do reopen you'll come back I think a lot fresher don't you think yeah definitely I mean I'm going to be out of work I mean officially now I won't be coming back uh, I won't be able to do facials till early 2021 so oh wow then you really will be yeah refreshed. I mean really refreshed hopefully <laughs> not fatter but you know uh yeah I it's it's weird I I was telling my husband um I said to him I said listen I just want to, I just want to touch somebody's face. Like, I love doing what I love. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't like doing, don't get me wrong, I don't ever want to do eight people a day anymore. Mm -hmm. I, I, over the last two years, year and a half, I got it down from nine people to five people, five to six people a day, which is perfect. Um, So like, but you know, you mentioned it earlier about how our clients become like family. I've been doing client, these same women, um, you know, for 11 years, we have personal relationships. I go to their, their houses and all that. And right. um, with this COVID-19, of course, you know, it's just hard. It's been hard, not only from a business standpoint, but from a, uh, the personal relationships that I have, have grown with these clients. One of my clients, I had her for a couple of years and I admired her so much. Her name was Susan and is Susan. And she moved with her husband to Amsterdam and she, I haven't seen her in about a year, but she wrote me last week a lovely email and said, you know, how she was thinking of me and she knows that this must be a difficult time and uh, she admired me as a businessman and all of that. Aww. And it just brought tears to my eyes because it was like, here's somebody who I haven't seen in a year, but she took time out of her life, her new life across the world to write that. And that, that meant a lot and made me really feel like, okay, even though everything is upside down right now in the world, there yeah. is hope. Yeah, it was a just, sign that it's going to be okay, right? Like it's a sign that what you're doing is valuable. Totally. And I, I think that, you know, all estheticians, all people who are in the service industry, and not just estheticians, but people who even wait on people, it's mm-hmm. the, I think that there's a special place in, in heaven for p- people in the service industry because if you're good at it, you're great at it, and people remember it. I even still remember right now talking to you of servers I've had from 20 years ago that were just super kind. 
right. um, you know, at a restaurant or whatever. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's, a, it's an interesting reflective time for a lot of people. And I know you're happily married now and you're, you know, madly yeah. in love, which is great. But in the past, in your career, had you ever, like, dated anyone you worked with or a client? Did you ever get down that rabbit hole? Well, no, never with anyone I worked with because I always worked with women. Yeah, um, so you're safe. You know, so <laughs> I was safe there. Um, I, I might have made out with a few, but I mean, that was, that was back in the day. Um, and let's see, uh, no clients, no dating of clients. I've been propositioned by clients, though, back in the day Ooh. when I was much much younger, much cuter. Well, okay, just a, just general flirting, like gay, like working in West Hollywood. I was 26 years old or whatever. And, and uh, so when you have these gay boys in there, and of course, they were always very flirty and uh, you know, I was just, I was very, always very professional. So I was always like, oh, meet me at the bar later. <laughs> um, <laughs> we won't make out so, in my room, but I'll make out with you <laughs> later at the bar. Right. Buy me a drink first. I can't make <laughs> out with you while I'm squeezing your pimples. Um, so not, although I will say like on a side little tangent, I can't tell you how many times I've gone on dates with guys. And then if they have like a blemish, it takes everything in my power to not be like, hand me that cocktail napkin. I'm going to take care of that for you. Um, <laughs> and then it's always so weird, right? Like when you start dating someone and maybe it's, you know, turning into something a little bit, you know, more serious. It's like, when do you, I was talking with a, a hairdresser about this. It's like, when do you stop charging them? Like, do you not charge them? It becomes like a weird right? gray area, right? Girl, I'm telling you, I dated this one guy and he, he was a client and then we ended up dating uh, well, we were friendly at the bar, and then he became a client, and uh-huh. then we started dating. And, of course, I wasn't charging him. And he was coming every two weeks, and I was cleaning his face up. And, and then we broke up, and it was ugly. It was not cute, and uh, <laughs> as they often are not. And, like, I think about maybe – I'll just pretend it was, like, maybe two months later. We were talking on the phone, and I, he's like, I'm like, you know, I just miss you. And he's like, you know, I miss you too. And I thought, oh. And he goes, because he's the one that broke up with me, to be clear. Yeah. And then he goes, because I really miss my esthetician. And I just was like, oh. no way. Oh. <laughs> like, okay. Yes. But the last I heard, he was on Proactive, so whatever. <laughs> yeah. He's probably, like, buying his stuff from Rodan and Fields, so whatever. Exactly. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, and then I had a couple of big wig, like, just twice this happened. I had a, 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 a Hollywood agent. And then a separate time, a Hollywood producer. And I can't name names because they're big. And um, I, both of them, one propositioned me pretty outright, um, a monetary exchange. Oh. And an indecent and was, proposal. An indecent proposal. And I was, I got to tell you, I clutched those pearls. I was shocked. <laughs> I was like, oh, what? I didn't know what to say. I mean, you could have dropped a pin in that room when that <laughs> happened because I was like, is this a joke? Um, and then the second uh, was a producer and I was explaining everything because I'm an explainer, right? I will tell even to this day, I stick to the script and I explain everything in detail. And I was like, okay, well, now I'm going to use this product on your face. And he goes, is, um, after this, does this include the hand job? And I was <gasps> like, is is he kidding? And I was just, again, clutched my pearls and was just completely shocked and a little rattled by that one because yeah. it was weird yeah. and the energy was weird in the room. Yeah. You know when it happens. Has that ever happened to you? 
Um, yeah, well, you know, I ended up, I don't know how I got this client, but you know, he wanted a male, he wanted to get waxed. Okay. But it started to get a little weird because every time he came in, I, I didn't want to do the full male Brazilian. I just wasn't comfortable with that. And at the time right. he said, no, I just want, you know, the bikini line and I just want, you know, my legs done or whatever. And then all of a sudden, you know, he kept asking. And so when he came in, he wore this like see-through thong. Okay. <laughs> And he got on the, you know, I walked in, I just see this and I'm just like, oh God, please. Like, okay, I, I can get through this. I can get through this. And, you know, he started getting aroused you know, by the whole thing. And I just, I, I had to say, you know, this service stops now. And I remember walking out and telling my manager and, you know, they had oh. to like ask him to leave, you know, it didn't, it didn't end pretty, but yeah, it just makes you feel. And I think you have to trust that intuition. You know, you kind of get a vibe yeah. on somebody and I probably should have cut it off after his first visit, but you know, I was trying to be open-minded and not be judgmental, but yeah, it made me feel really weird. Um, and that's it too. You got to trust your gut. Yeah. I mean, in this line of work, mm-hmm. um, I remember, and I've, I've I've actually told the girls before. I'm like, listen, ladies, if you feel uncomfortable at all at any reason whatsoever, you have the right to stop the service. Period. That's good. You know, it's good advice. Just, it does, mm-hmm. If I'm not there, it doesn't matter. You just make. I mean, even if you have to make up an excuse, um, because safety is is number one, and you just never know. I mean. Thankfully, you know, since I've had dermatophase, we've had, knock on wood, no incidents like that whatsoever. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we've had some people freak out, but that's normal. <laughs> over, freak out when they, get over, their, when they get their bill. It's like, what? Right. <laughs> what? Well, uh, what I love, and I, I don't know, I'm sure this happened to you, is like, I have certain clients that would be like, well, because we charge for the base facial, it's one thirty, and the first time it's thirty dollars off, right? So it's, I think that's a fair price for yeah. what we do. Now, I I've had clients who will say, "Well, I'm a really good client of yours, and I think I should only pay seventy five dollars for for the facial." And I and it it's the most insulting thing. It is because I'll offer discounts and I'll offer package deals, but I'm like. Man, you are just really, really lowballing me on my work, on my service, on everything that we provide here. Um, that's when I, I take it, – it's rare that I take offense with a client, but when they start pulling that shit, I'm just like, go. Or when they say, well, I can go down here to this place at the corner, and they just charge $50 for a facial. And I'm like, well, fucking go there. Exactly. Why are you here? Go, exactly. Go there. I hope they work it out for you. You know, yeah, that, that drives me bananas. But Well, as we, as we um, were talking just about, you know, your whole journey, what – okay, this is the central question. What is your top, let's say, three tips for becoming, you know, a top esthetician, you know, for – really Ooh. being successful like i know there's many things that you know a person needs to do along the way but if you could you know talk to your younger self like what would be the three things you would say to focus on or what can you do to get oh. to that level well just what do you say my younger self i would say don't be a, a drama queen and call in sick all the time because i was a mess <laughs> in my 20s and we I, all were. <laughs> you know i know and i think of it now because i'm like i i would you know I do not like canceling on clients. I, uh-huh. you know, I'm pretty. So when I was in my 20s working at the face place, I just remember thinking, now I think back and go, why didn't they fire me? I remember calling in sick when I'd have like a seven client day. I'm like, I can't make it because I'm hungover. 
<laughs> you know, that kind of behavior, I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. I just can't believe I ever did that. But I think that, like, really good advice, and I tell, I've told people this before, is if you're going to become an esthetician, there are estheticians that do 100 different treatments, but they don't specialize in any of them. Mm. And I think it's important to find your niche and to become great at it. Because if you're great and you, you have like a few core things that you are just a, a master in, your clients will stick with you for life. Yeah. But if you're me- mediocre across the board and you have like, you know, too many cooks in the kitchen, like in terms of treatments that you're offering and you're not really great at all at any of them, that can be problematic. So yeah. I think that's a I one. love that advice. I think that is really key is to find a niche because, yeah, you will see estheticians that they do it all. Like they're doing every device, every new treatment. I mean, you can't be good at all of it. And there's just too much for your client to choose from. You know, it's too, it's too overwhelming. Yeah. And be choosy. I mean, there are, listen, I can't tell you how many times, and you know this too, clients will come in and go, have you heard of XYZ product line? And I just am clear with people. I'm like, nope, because there's (laughs) a billion and one product lines out there. There's more coming out every single day. I'm sure a lot of them are shit. A lot of them are great. I don't know because I don't have that many hours in the day to research all of them. Yeah. Um, So it's, is I think it's okay to just be honest with clients too and be like, no, I don't know, but I'll research it for you. I mean, I have no problem looking into stuff. I'll tell people to bring it. I'll check out the ingredients or whatever. But, um, and I also, and know your strong suits, you know, like I, I'm really good at treatments and I'm really good at pe- with people, but like I'm, my weak point is ingredients and I'm honest about that. So I tell clients, well, let me research that for you. Because right. some estheticians, they are really strong with knowledge about ingredients. Cora, my my uh, my esthetician, Cora, who works for me, mm-hmm. and Shantae, they're both really good at that part. Yeah. So I rely on them a lot, you know. Yeah. And so it's it's good to know what your strengths are and what your weaknesses are, and and be honest about that. I love that. That's really good advice. And then you kind of touched on something, and then we'll we'll end. But I like there are so many trends that come and go in skincare. How do you decide when it's time for your business to add something? Like, you know, you said recently that probably been a, a year or two now that you added, you know, the Revita pen, you know, the, the pen device, but that wasn't like a lighthearted decision. You know, how do you decide, okay, this, this new treatment or this new device is worthy of me looking further and maybe considering to add it to my menu? Like, how do you make that decision? Tarot cards. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> um, that's a great question because I have a hard time with that. And I, I'm kind of, and the reason why is because I have always kind of marketed myself as like, we are not a spa. We are like physical therapy for your skin. We're going to kind of kick your ass. You know, we're like, we're like personal trainers for your face, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. Right. So I've steered real, real clear away from spa type anything, even spa music, right? So I'm just like, okay, none of that. And that's worked for me. But I will say that I wish I would have dove into the Revita Pen from Osmosis, you know, earlier. I had no idea of the the wonderful effects that it would have with my skin and how well it would go with the treatment that I do. Mm-hmm. So I've learned now to, one, you know, trust your trust these reps. You know, sometimes when a rep reaches out to you, it's interesting to me. Like, if so with Virginia, she reached out to me. I was like, no, no, thank you. She said, okay, cool. I'll check with you in six months. 
And she was pretty consistent with that. And that's what got me to think, okay, let me just talk to her. So I think that, you know, from a rep standpoint and from a business standpoint, like some of these reps that just touch base with me and then disappear, right. then I don't give them any mind. It's the ones that are professional and like check in with me and just say, hey, how are you doing? You know, I, we have this going on. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be in town. Do you want to meet for lunch? That's what finally got me or, you know, gets me to kind of go, okay, let me just talk to these people. And, right, like and what's see, it going to hurt to spend, you know, 45 minutes or something learning about something new? Exactly. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I, I've made some pretty bad decisions with the business. Okay. And it, they didn't have anything to do with skincare, but I've like, I, I've carried candles and I've carried, you know, like right. weird shit that right. just didn't work for me. Right. Um, but yeah, I think trusting, trusting reps, that's how I get a lot of my continuing education too, is like mm-hmm. through reps. That's been really helpful. It's the, you know, the reps that send me emails that are grammatically incorrect. <laughs> you know, I right. don't pay yeah. attention to that. Yeah. And I think reps, you know, when they hear the word no, a lot of them just kind of give up or they just, they don't, they, they take it so personal. And, you know, I've always told, you know, my sales team and even myself when I was, you know, an account executive, no doesn't mean never. It just means maybe not right now. Like you can still follow right. up. You could still try to build, you know, some kind of connection or relationship and see where, you know, let it unfold. Like don't try to be attached to the outcome of whatever it is. Totally. I mean, and I remember when I met with you and, and Virginia, like I wasn't like convinced I was going to do anything with, with osmosis at that time, right. but it just worked out. Like the yeah. presentation was great. And I thought, okay, let's give this a try. Um, and I'm glad I did. So yeah, it's just about being open to new things. And, and, you know, I, I have, I'll be honest in the past, uh, you know, I've been pretty closed off to certain things just because I, I am doing this treatment that's been around for a long time and I've made it my own and, and it works really well. And, but I, over the last, you know, three years or so, I've realized, you know what, there are other things that I can add to it that will just make it that much more better for my clients. Yeah. It's, yeah. And it's good. I think, you know, for a lot of business owners that, you know, are like yourself, I think sometimes I always would suggest to people, it's nice maybe just to offer something seasonally, just to see how it performs for you. You know, you're not making yeah. a huge investment at that moment. Maybe you're not buying into all the retail and doing all that, but it's great to offer something seasonally that's unique and different to capture your clients, maybe that are wanting to try something else, or maybe to get, you know, to gain new business. It's kind of nice to offer something that, you know, you just kind of try on for size, if you will. Exactly. I mm-hmm. totally agree. Yeah. Well, Jody, it's been great. I wish I, I mean, I can definitely keep talking to you forever. And I just wanted to thank you for sharing your story. I loved hearing it. And I'm so glad I got to know you better. And I wish you and your business nothing but success following this whole COVID-19 nightmare. And, um, <laughs> you know, I, I know you'll make it through and everything will be rosy, but and good luck with your surgery too. When is that? Yeah, thank you so much. That's going to be uh, in July, July 22nd. So that's oh going to be, a, okay. I'll be in a sling for about six weeks. So that's going to be interesting, but um, it needs to happen. And, and uh, yeah, once I'm through it, I'll be doing handstands, I hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'll you just probably feel so much better and you'll be able to maybe work more effectively, I would imagine. And then I'll squeeze a hundred faces a day. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And I can't, I can't, believe I'm going to have to wait till next year more than likely to come see you to get your to get that facial I you know I it's just this whole COVID-19 thing and everything else is crazy but yeah and you know my husband and I we come to uh, Vegas often so we'll have to meet for drinks at least absolutely I'll be 
so upset if I don't see you if you come here. Absolutely. And thank you so much for inviting me on your show. This has been a, a joy to speak with you. And it's really made my heart full for our industry, for what we do. And uh, I appreciate what you're doing here. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yep. It's just, you know, a love for the industry. And I know we all have it. And I think it's, you know, about time we share our stories with each other and, you know, celebrate and commiserate all at the same time. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> thank you so much, Jody. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you liked this episode, I would be grateful if you would rate and review and be sure to subscribe so you can get notified when the next episode goes live. To learn more about makeup, skincare, self-care, and my personal go-to products, visit thebeautydebut.com. Do you want to continue today's conversation? You can find me on Instagram at thebeautydebut and on LinkedIn at Claudia Fabian.